Welcome, everybody, to cast. And this evening, we have a special guest, Joel, meeting Joel. So I'm super excited to hear his story and hear him speak tonight. Trent speaks very highly of him since they've been working together. So I can't wait to hear his knowledge and experience and pass that on to, to us as well and all those pops of wisdom, which I'm sure he no doubt has in his own experience. Um, I know what I know of Joel is that he's an incredible coach in his own right. Um, so I'll pass it on over to Trent now to explain a little bit more about his and Joel's relationship. And then, um, yeah, we'll hear what Joel has to say. Thank you, Mel. Thank you for jumping on as always. Love seeing your smiling face. We're coming to you live from our Zoom channel. This is the Anxiety Hour podcast and we are talking about failure. And tonight I have a very, very good friend or a guy that's become a very, very good friend since late last year when I rang him up and said, I think I need your help. <laughs> and, um, and it just so happened I'd been watching uh, Joel for about a year, I think it was. And uh, through some MLM circles and um, the Magical Unicorn, my Jess is pretty high up in um, uh, one of those companies. And um, she was even saying a year before I actually spoke to Joel, you really need to talk to Joel. And um, I sat back and I watched and I watched and I watched and I'm going to need this guy. I don't need this guy. And um, the more I watched, the more I liked. And the more I uh, listened, the, the more I realized he's exactly what I need in my corner. And um, um, he's a Grant Cardone coach. That was probably the big clincher for me. I'm a massive Grant Cardone fan. So he's a, he's a 10X coach with um, Grant Cardone. He's worked with the likes of Kirik Ashley. Um, he's a legend in the PD industry. Um, uh, he's a property investor. He's also a guy that knows about this topic very, very well, which is failure. So Joel, um, uh, and before I actually welcome you, mate, I want to welcome your wife online tonight. She's uh, obviously um, the brains behind it all. So um, we'll acknowledge her, her before we get on with it. So hello, Vicky, and welcome. Um, and Joel, welcome for being here, mate. Thank you for giving up your evening. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's great to be here. <laughs> Meeting new people. I've seen, I've heard about a lot of these guys, but I haven't actually met them yet. So it's a pleasure to be on here. Absolutely. I think, mate, like any guests that we get on here, I'm just going to go straight to um, the first question about your story. I'd love... I'd love, because tonight's about failure and, and you and I are both pretty good at, at failing and I think we've become, we fail forward. I think part of the, a lot of the successful people that we align ourselves with, there's a, there's a real big, um, uh, there's a real big pattern of we will fail forward every single day. And I'd, I'd love for you to share your story in whatever depth and talk about some failures if that's okay and, and how it led you to this place. <laughs> Um, and, and, um, whatever you can give mate, that'd be fantastic. So, uh, I'll, uh, let you share. Oh, thanks mate. Well, uh, first of all, congratulations to everyone for jumping on tonight. Uh, you know, honestly, like the definition of extraordinary is people that do extra than the ordinary. And I can tell you one thing's for sure. Most people aren't on a zoom listening to two guys teach wisdom and, you know, help bettering yourselves by being on one of these calls so like that is extraordinary already so hope you guys are really proud of yourselves because like you guys are leaders because you're doing that most people are watching netflix right <laughs> so, so you know I, I lay the boot into netflix you know that um so 
look, my story really, you know, began uh, when I was like, I was brought up into a family that was quite, uh, you know, wealthy and it had a, like a, a, a grandfather that was very, very, very strict. And like, I don't think I was brought up. I think I was dragged up. <laughs> so people say that, but um, one thing happened, like I left school and I pretty quickly got into a business, uh, a supermarket business. And it wasn't an IGA back then, but it was an IGA type store that you're probably all familiar with. And I um, didn't have a damn clue what I was doing. I was just put in there because I was honest and you can honestly think like a, like a 19 year old guy going into this business, which was doomed to fail. There was no way this thing was going to survive. It was doing 18 grand a week and it had a debt of uh, $325,000. And uh, because I went into this business and not everyone wanted me there, the board of directors didn't all want me there. They um, wouldn't like that was back in the day when you had to sign checks. So I had to get two signatures off two people that didn't like me and wanted me to fail. So, you know, these guys were rich in other areas, so they didn't care if this failed. So um, pretty much fast forwarding through the, the 15 years of uh, like so many failures, it was crazy, right? But um, I guess backing up one bit, because of the family I was in, I was totally shit scared of failing. In fact, I was so scared that I was just determined that I was never going to fail. I was never going to make a mistake. I was never going to do any of that stuff. That was for other people. I'll tell you what it cost me right at the front end. It made me an insomniac. I did not sleep for 20 years. I thought that's just the way my life was going to be. I literally would stay awake running every single scenario of the next day over and over and over in my head like a chessboard so that I was ready for everything. So it was, it was crazy. So I learned on the job and I built this business up from 18 grand a week, massive debt. And my best week uh, was $199,736. And I remember that because I was so busy. Had I known I was that close, I would have gone and done a $300 shop to get me over the 200K mark. <laughs> I built, <laughs> I built multiple businesses out of this. It wasn't just one store. It was multiple stores. Uh, and we were doing just under $10 million a year. So I had 65 staff. I love my staff and I still talk to them to this day. And this is years later, like we're still friends. So yeah. So what actually happened there, which was like my first taste, you know, the universe sort of dishes you it up. If you don't get the feather, you don't get the rock. I don't even think I listened to the Mack truck. I had to wait for the meteorite, you know, the, the world ending disaster to like hit me. Yeah. <laughs> and it smashed me when um, there was just a point where life got so toxic, got so, there was so much pressure, other thing that, you know, other people in the business and other people in the family had become so toxic amongst themselves that it just flowed onto me. And, I really got to the point where I was, um, I was going to have a stroke by the time I was 40. Like I was, I was under that much pressure. I could just feel it's like radioactive. I don't know if you can uh, relate to that, but <clears throat> I became this guy that was destined to never fail. And I finally snapped under the pressure in the middle of the car park in the busiest part of town. 
I, um, yeah, just broke down and I was this successful entrepreneur bawling his eyes out in the street, hoping no one could see him and getting to his car as fast as he possibly could. It was like super embarrassing, right? So, and luckily I had a friend who'd been through a lot of, um, a lot of depression himself. He happened to ring me at exactly that time and like, you know, told me to come down to the office and everything like that. So, um, what felt like overnight, I went from being this entrepreneur that had it all, the big house, the, all these things like the $10 million business and out, like what felt like overnight, the rug got pulled out from underneath me. Uh, and it's not really, uh, doesn't really matter how it just happened. And I got to the point where I'd lost everything. Now, I say that now with emphasis because I didn't lose jack shit. I just lost a business. I could make it back whether I was in a big house with a nice car and everything like that. My wife who's on here, my kids, we lived in a big house or a caravan park. They were coming with me. <laughs> whether they liked it or not, no, they, they were coming no matter what. So I, I really emphasize that because maybe the meteorite is the gratitude bomb that I needed to realize what was really important in life. So look, I don't, guys, I don't know if you can relate to losing a $10 million business. But has there ever been a time where you've dug a hole so deep and messed your life up so bad, you just don't know how you're going to fix it? I think that's, man, you're talking to a lot of coaches going through our certification at the moment. And that's basically why they, they that's, so I'm looking at all these faces and I'm like, wow, these guys have dug some holes uh, to come into the circle. Or um, even one of our coaches, Leon, he's got a pretty, probably, I think Leon would heavily resonate with, um, those sort of numbers and figures and loss and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, so I really appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that and also uh, how life will throw you a meteorite to bring you back to what's important. And I think like, wh how old are you, mate? I'm 40. I'm 41 this year. How old are you? 41 this year. <laughs> there we go. Um, and um, for me, this, this COVID-19, all this conspiracy, whatever's going on right now has, has brought me back to home. Um, but the beautiful thing about this, I've gone through enough failure to know that we just need to keep showing up and we can rebuild anything. So um, I got like the, the synchronicity of your story. Like I, the fact that you had a hard ass grandfather, we were talking about that the other day. Um, I was the same one. He was very successful and high expectations. I was actually sharing the time when I was 17 and I had a bag full of beer at our local show and the cops busted me for drinking underage. He happened to be standing over there. I gave the cops a false name and I pulled the beer out in the officer's shoe. Um, so, and then he stopped talking to me for um, a very long time. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago and, and, and I didn't even go to his funeral. Like I just went and did my thing and um, I can definitely uh, resonate with that. When you, when you talk about like, um, when you talk about like breakdown and, and isn't it amazing that someone will ring or something will appear um, like when you're ready to receive it, like what was that like for you? I think we've lost some sound. Sorry, team. That's me. Sorry. I, you know, yeah, well, look, I wasn't really ready uh, for it. In fact, it was the phone call that sort of like was the, the last little straw that broke, broke the, the camel's back for me. That's like, I was, I just didn't want to answer the phone room and I thought I was right. And you know, <laughs> When I answered, I went, oh, crap, I'm not all right. <laughs> so I was trying to get off the phone. Anyway, 
Um, he, that guy is the reason why I became a coach. Um, and he's not going to mind me sharing his story, but years before, um, he had a serious attempt on his own life. And uh, I found out from my grandfather, just candidly, I was like, oh, we're going in to see uh, so-and-so today. And he said, no. I said, oh, why not? Oh, well, he's in hospital, not expected to leave. He tried to hang himself last night. And I'm just mm. like, and I actually, during the time of knowing him, I saw him have massive ups and massive downs. And I thought, far out, there's going to be a day where I'm going to need to be trained enough to say the words he needs to hear to get him in off the ledge. So as far as becoming a coach and, and learning the things I've learned, uh, that's, that's a big one. So I guess, I don't know. I guess that was, it was surreal that it was him that, that, you know, had, had been through it and he's been through it since. And um, yeah, we've like, I, yeah, I have been knocking on his door. So yeah, it, it was weird, but it, it like, it's like when I, lost it all. <clears throat> there was a couple of entrepreneurs that had no reason to call me and they were the ones that called me and were checking in on me. And it was like really weird. And I was like, Oh, wow. It's funny that the, the guys that have got so much aren't always bad guys. A lot of the time they're really good guys and they, you know, you've lost it and they've been there and they want to help you. They want to show you how to get back up. And I had one guy that was just like messaging me and ringing me and going, go to Tony Robbins, go to Tony Robbins, go to Tony Robbins, go to Tony Robbins. And I'm like, at this time, I did not know who that was. He was a guy that was in the feed of what to watch next when I was watching Richard Branson or someone like that. I did not know. He's just some guy. And I just thought he was like Richard Branson. Anyway, I ended up, he annoyed me so much. Like, you got a picture of this. A $1,200 ticket to a guy who has no income, who's about to face losing his house because of a mortgage he can't pay. No income coming into the house at all. Three kids, a wife that he'd promised babe, just, we won't do any trips. We won't do any of this stuff. I'll just work and we'll have it all one day. Like, like, and we did like, we like, seriously, the, we, to give you an idea, I got married on the Friday and I was back at work on Sunday. So you should be right. That's, that's, that's commitment. <laughs> that's commitment. Hey, hey mate, I, my set, my third daughter, I worked the day after the birth. <laughs> oh that's that's fine i can understand that <laughs> oh we're, we're right here just like, they're throwing daggers at us right now we might be failing right live on this call <laughs> so so look i like the impact of what happened at tony robbins not because of necessarily necessarily him but two things got said there that like turned my life around because i was at this point where and i'm like no judgment to anyone that takes antidepressants or anything like that, but it's not for me. And it wasn't for me even back then. And I was at the point, like, I don't know, have you ever like been at the gym and you've pushed one rep past what you should do and you need a spotter, but there's no spotter and you just can't. That's how I felt in my life. I felt like a 75 year old man who'd absolutely completely stuffed his life and like broken so many promises to my wife and my family and I was just like, man, what am I going to do? I felt like a complete failure. So I was there and I was like, I was like, I was going to go see the doctor after I went to Tony Robbins. Cause I was like, I just can't get back up. I was bad for months. Right. Anyway, two things got said there. He said, Tony Robbins actually said, um, for all of you that have been through something or are going through something and it feels like the end, 
I'm curious, is it actually the end or is it just the universe making room for something new and better? And I was like, wow, that was the first time I could make sense of the crap that had happened. I was like, wow, this is just creating space for better shit to come into my life. But here's the killer. And this is about for coaches, you're probably learning about finding leverage to help people move towards what they need to be doing in their lives, like their, their master of your life. So get this right. There's a guy called Mike Melio. He's a little ball guy who pitches business mastery at all Tony Robbins' events. I don't know if he still does it, but he was doing it for a significant amount of time. And he came out and said he lost in 2008 a $122 million business. And I was like, wow, I feel so bad now. Like, well, that guy's way worse off than me. And I was like, I'm feeling like a terrible person again now, even saying it. But, you know, he lost a jet. He lost all these things, you know, and he actually went, I'm going back to get a normal job. Business wasn't for me. I had my go at it. It's all over. I'm not like, it just wasn't for me. You know, uh, I'm not cut out for this stuff. The pain was too great to like come back from this and I couldn't face it again. So, but he had a kid, a little son that kept coming in and he was saying to his son, you can be, do, have anything so long as you never give up. And kids will do what you do, not what you say. So how is he supposed to, with good conscience, tell his son that he can be, do, have anything so long as he never gives up while dad was giving up? And that one was a silver bullet that shot me in the chest. And that was the time I went, right, that was my line in the sand. I was like, I don't care how I get this. I don't care what I got to do. I'm getting this back. And secretly with you guys, I was going to jam my success so far up the backside of the people that had in my mind caused this, that it wasn't funny. I was like determined. So I had fuel, right? So I went back and I got a job digging holes, putting in electricity cables into, um, into like brand new places. Like, and I'm talking, they were doing these, um, estates over the top of old cow paddocks. So you can imagine what it smelled like. The other thing was I went and got a job at the garbage tip. So here's this entrepreneur, successful, well-known in the town, now carrying his employees garbage to the, from their cars to the bloody garbage cans. Right. And I want to tell you where it all, like, this is the other massive aha moment for me. I was driving around in on the orientation day and my brother was the guy doing the orientation and he's driving around like bouncing around this ute going, Oh, that's where we take the green waste. Oh, that's where we drop the fridges off. That's where we bring the tires. And he's driving me around. He's so happy because he's never been paid so much because council work, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm looking down at my stomach <clears throat> at my high vis shirt where my awesome business shirt used to be. I'm looking down past that to my, these massive moon boots where my nice business shoes used to be or, you know, whatever else I was wearing at the time. Um, and I was like, oh my God. And I ended up just saying, thinking in my head, like, is this, was that even real what I did? Did I even do that? Like, was I a fraud? Did I actually do that? Or was I just in the right place at the right time? Was it just luck? Was it the people around me? You know, did I actually get that success and had all these doubts, imposter syndrome, fraud was running through my head. And I had this other voice in my head. And it's a voice that each and every one of you have. It's the voice that's telling you that you were put here for more than just mediocrity. You were put here for greatness. And I had this argument going on in my head. And I thought, oh, 
there's only one way I'm going to find out. If that was all bullshit, then I'm never going to know unless I roll the dice. So that's what I did. I rolled the dice. I still worked at the tip for long enough to get back one of my supermarkets. I had no money, by the way. I got property with no money, by the way. And I found a way I to get the building. I still don't know how you did that. <laughs> you got to act your way past the guards, dude. You just got to like... Oh, we're trying. <laughs> you just got to... Hey, you just ask the questions and you be honest, but you don't divulge too much information if they don't ask. And that's it. They want to help you. They, yeah. they want to lend money, but yeah. And that's, that's what I did. And I, I bought and sold my supermarket. I got, I got one of the ones that I got fleeced out of back which really was great revenge. <laughs> Not that I'm looking for revenge, but you got to understand there was a, there's a, there's a bit of sweetness to that one. And yeah, I'm, and I didn't do it on my own. I got, I got some help from uh, a guy that I actually, I actually helped a guy buy my old shop because I knew the background of it and I knew who he was buying it off and he bought the building and I ended up doing a deal through that guy who was an honest entrepreneur, a great guy. And that really set me up. So, um, Fast forward to now, I've been coaching for five years now and well, getting paid for it. I was coaching before that. I accidentally became a coach. Uh, you know, I told my bookkeeper that I was going over to learn from Grant Cardone. I was coming back a coach and she needed to set up a zero form uh, file for me. And she said, oh, well, what are you doing it for? I said, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to Grant Cardone. She's like, oh, I need a coach. And I was like, oh my God. And I like, I literally got my phone like this and she goes, how much are you? And I said, to $200 a session. I knew nothing. I didn't know anything what I was doing. I just got my phone out of my pocket and I turned around like this and I messaged my coach and I said, dude, I think I just got my first client. So like, congratulations. <laughs> you got no idea, Trent. I spent a tired, an entire day prepping for this bloody call. <laughs> for a $200 the business call. Co- How many hours did you an entire day for? Oh, that's cool though. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and yeah, like it was funny cause I was a business coach, but it, I never was like a rare, I rarely coach business. I come in, they come to me for business, but it's, I don't need to talk, teach people how to suck eggs, a few systems. And it's more about, Hey, why, like, what is it about this system that's preventing you from actually putting it into, into play? And I think it comes down to what we're talking about today. They're frightened of failure. hundred percent. I know that. Um, I mean, like, I love working with you because when I've heard it, when I've heard the information, I've done my verbal diarrhea and I spewed it out and Mel knows exactly what that's like for me. So it's all good shit and fact and I'm really rigid and I'm trying to flow and um, and usually you give me one or two hints and then it just drops in bang. And even if we've had a half an hour call, I'm like, I've got it, let's go and roll with it, I'm done. And like even you can imagine how much we've implemented in the last, since our last call, which was a couple of days ago, which we have, and we've really started to roll. Like the, when you've got great accountability behind you and when you've got like, you know that you, you there's just that level of certainty, especially in uncertain times. Um, I know at the moment with really big uncertain times, like um, what uh, the stuff that you've been giving me as far as like unfollow, unfriend, like just we've both been doing it in our, in our communities. Like just, setting your feet up the right way. Like we're implementers. That, that's the big thing. Like, and, and even in flow states, you know, have you, have you listened to the book or read the book, The Rise of Superman? 
No, I haven't. I'll have to put that they, on my list. Yeah, well, they talk about flow states as far as coming out of happiness. And, and people who are not going to go into flow easily are also very risk adverse. They don't like risk where I think you and I are very... Because you've got, you've got car sales background as well. Um, there's so much synchrony, synchronicity in our journey. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and I'm a very much... And Mel knows exactly that how I work. Like when we, when we started coaching the deaf community... I'd never coached a deaf person in my life. I'd never worked with an interpreter. Uh, and and um, we just thought, yep, I'm going to give it a crack. And if I suck at it, but I know that if I fail at it, I'll learn it. But I don't, like, if they get one result, if they get one result, right, and they're telling me it's great, like, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. If they perceive results, then absolutely fantastic. And, and, and they don't know that you don't know. So like, that's what I believe. That's what I see a lot of the coaching industry. Like people are so scared of failing and they're waiting for the perfect time. Um, and they're, cause imperfect action will win every day. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, like by the time someone else has had time to put a Facebook banner up and get some business cards done, like most coaches do, I've been on the phone making sales calls. That's, that's how you do it. You need to take effective action. Like so many people like learn for the sake of accumulation and not the sake of application. You don't need to read a thousand books. You need to read one book a thousand times and go and apply it. You know, I go into my groups and I go into my social media and I tell people to stop buying programs because you haven't implemented the other 20. You haven't, you know, there's not some shiny trick to it. You've actually got to do the work. You've got to do the work. Do the it's, work. Yeah. Gotta do the I, work. I need a shirt like that. Where do you get that shirt from? Andy Priscilla, mate. Hey? It's worth it's worth the stupid amount of international shipping and the crazy <laughs> rates that yeah, yeah, get it. It's like I'm thinking about just dodging it up and printing it myself because that's that's what it is. And being okay with sucking. Like Tony Robbins or whoever you guys like look up to as the best like we gotta be we gotta admit it, in our industry, he's he's at the pinnacle now. Mm-hmm. No, he will not always be that way. Someone's going to beat him, and why? Why can't it be one of you? Someone is going to outdo Tony Robbins one day. Why can't it be one of you? Well, we've talked about it. Uh, we've talked about even the value we give in our coaching certification, the value doing your course courses and things like that. It's not out there the level of value. It's just that um, you've really started to hit home the fact that it, it is so much about marketing it is about relationship building it is when things are going bad you're on the phone doing deals um um and and also like and the fact that i know you look at yourself like this because you were grant cardone but uh, the love of sales being a sales master like selling sales professionals like he says lift entire communities and, and economies they lift entire economies it's not the government it's not um, uh, anything like that. It's, it's people out there selling and, and, and letting currency flow. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it. When times are good and great, like they have been, like we've been in one of the best economies for the longest period of time for a long time. Like you can listen to the naysayers if you like, but we really have business-wise been, um, you know, in a really great, really great place for a long time. And the media might want you to think that it's been terrible, but that's because they've got an agenda and I'm not going into conspiracy theory. It's just fact they're owned by people that have an agenda. So like, you've got to be smart enough to, to look around that. And 
so when things are great, there's less problems. So welcome to coaching guys, because right now there's a shitload of problems and entrepreneurs solve problems and that's how we make money. There are people mm -hmm. out there that need, that are looking to the level headed ones. Now, the reason why Trent's business is exploding is because he's not different to the way he was before all this crap happened. So people money flows to certainty. That is something you want to write down. Money will flow to certainty and people are secretly hoping to be led secretly inside them. They want to be led. So you just need to step up and you know what? The only reason why Trent is a leader is because he went, Oh, no one else is stepping up. I'll just step forward. And he stepped up for another let's go, guys. That's why he's a leader. That's what I did. I went, well, no one else is going to step up and stay in here. Sucks, sucks because what happens when you stay in the same place for too long? It starts to stink. Mm -hmm. And what most people do is they stay there so long and the dog doo-doo comes all the way up to their neck and they convince themselves it doesn't stink. And it really does. You need to keep moving forward because... By the time I've realized I've made a mistake, I'm so far down the track that it, it's irrelevant. I was thinking, I was thinking today, I sent an email out to my right hand and left hand legends, one being Mel and the other one being Ro. Um, and I've done this process a thousand times and I realized that I still and mediocre at a lot of the systems. Like I know what to do. It's in my head and getting them out and then implementing. Um, and I still uh, have this story attached to that. I don't know if these guys understand me or not. I don't know if these guys communicate me and that's just my own story. So um, uh, each and every email I send, I'm always right. Do you understand what I mean? Do you understand my expectations? It's actually made me a better coach. So we teach our clients uh, how to master that inner voice. Okay, and also to the coaches and things like that. So we and also how to start to understand your psychology, what your what your physiology is teaching you, all that sort of stuff. And um, the amount of feedback I get from the people in my so we we are feedback junkies. Like if you come into our our uh, community, you need to be ready for feedback. Like I'm like, where's the feedback? Give me the feedback. I need the feedback. Probably be I'm very I'm probably obsessed by feedback. Um, and I, I want to know whether it's good or bad. I probably prefer the bad feedback because I'm a little, I'm I'm more self righteous in my thought process. Like I don't know if you're a bit more if you're the opposite to me, mate. I probably identify with the negative easier than the positive, even though I'm balancing out the negative and the positive consistently every day. I'm always looking for the weakest link because that's how you grow. You can only be as powerful as the weakest link in your chain. So I yeah I I'm hardwired to look for what's wrong. <laughs> to be honest, so I can fix it because, you know, and so on that, but I have learned over time to get better at also, also moving forward. And like, I love what you brought up about the, uh, you know, the voice, identifying the voice, because I'm doing something called the 75 hard. And it's, it's like, it's a no holds barred, no excuse. You, you mess it up. You're back to day one. So picture this. I have to drink four liters of water every day. I have to have a cold shower every day. I have to be on a strict diet for 75 days. I'm doing this all for 75 days. Not one M&M in my mouth. Otherwise, I ruin the whole thing. And I, uh, you know, I've got to read 10 pages of a personal development book. I've got to do two 45-minute exercise uh, workouts a day, split apart. They can't be the, at the same time. And what it is, so, so most people will be thinking, oh, that's, a, that's to lose weight. 
what it is, it's actually designed to identify your bitch voice. You know that little one that's like, oh, you've been working out for 10 days. You deserve some cake. You deserve a day off. You deserve all this stuff. Look, you're not the rock. You don't train like the rock. You're not an elite athlete. Let's be real. You don't need a cheat meal. Let's be real. You want a cheat meal, but you don't deserve one until you get your goal, right? So <laughs> when you look like the rock, have a cheat meal. So I thought it was to eradicate that thing. I want to kill that little voice because I didn't want to hear it anymore. But what it is, the beauty about it is you can never get rid of that little bitch voice. That bitch voice <laughs> is there and it's always going to be there. And you need to know what it sounds like. You need to recognize its voice. You know, like if Trent rings up and it's, you know, and you know, it's Trent, right? You need to know that that little bitch voice is, is what, it, what it's saying. And then you need to I learn. Think, well, did you call me a bitch voice then? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I'm not failing on your own call. I, I was very careful then because like I can see how this might look. Uh, I love it. I think someone else in the comments might have, but not. Yeah, really. little, little bitch voice. Narelle's like, she loves it. So, what you need to do is you need to identify it and then do exactly the opposite. So when it tells you you need a day off, you need to go do three workouts. When you deserve a cheat meal, you need to go eat a cow salad or whatever, you know, follow your plan. You need to double down because I think that's, that's what people need to understand when they're in, you're in your coaching business, right? And I don't know where you are in it, but there's going to be a point in time where a really great question to ask is, am I going to shut it down or double down? You know, and you need to hear that. Brother from another mother. I've been saying double down, double down team, double down. hundred percent double down. Now, like I walked into a servo, right? This afternoon, essential travel. Okay. I walked into a servo and got essential coffee for the essential unicorn. Like I did all my essential stuff. And I sat, I stood there and stood back. I thought, all I see is doom and gloom. Everyone's walking slowly. No one really gives a shit because it's all the environment, everything's going on. And I'm like, you, you guys, right, need to be doubling down on your service and showing up with more optimism, more happiness, more certainty, and people will turn up just to feel that, just to be a part of that. Like, our, um, like that's why I'll, even now, like even with our team, I'll still do phone calls at midnight. I'll still do 5 a.m. calls. That's why we still, uh, we've been talking about the level of give in our business. We've, we've doubled it at this time uh, just because it, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. And I haven't uh, dropped my expectation of these guys going through their training. I've actually increased it. Like, this is what I expect from you guys. Come on, double down. Because I know that if they can take that 1% mentality, 1%, 1%, 1% every single day, in 100 days, you're 100%. Just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, you want to know something awesome too? I do. While they're going, if you can go one kilometer an hour, one kilometer per hour in front, forward, everyone else is going 100 miles an hour backwards. So you're 101 kilometers an hour, like faster than them because they're, they're in reverse. Uber was created in recession. Microsoft, Apple, you name it. Like you look at the big Fortune 500 companies of the planet right now, like Robert Kiyosaki added about $400 million to his net worth in 2008. Warren Buffett 
blew up in 2008. And everyone's now going, oh, he's not beating the market. He's a has-been. He's got $128 billion worth of cash sitting there to pick up all the shit that they sell off and, and stuff up on. Watch how rich he's going to be in, 10, in another five years. Like, he's getting on, but, you know, he's probably rich enough to have a cyborg body or something now. I don't know, but you know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh we're in the conspiracies. But Ber- Ber- Berkshire Hathaway. Oh, mate, I've got to throw one under the- I-, I need to release the pressure because I'm seeing too much of that stuff. Like, you can't control that, by the way, guys. Here's the thing. This is what I said to a conspiracy theory person, like, because I'm getting a heap of it, right? And I said, okay, I'm not saying if it's true or not true, but realistically, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be John Connor and save us from like the Terminators? Are you going to rise up and save us from the machines? Yes, or... Leon. Are you? I don't know. <laughs> hey, no offense. Hope so. <laughs> why not work on your business and focus on shit you can control? Because you can't control what Bill Gates is doing, what the tinfoil hat factory in China is doing. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mate, 100%. And um, uh, one... <clears throat> And you know what, like we could talk about this stuff, but I've got a really big, I've got a big topic and I talk to you about this a lot. And a lot of the reading I've been doing has been inspired by you. And I'm sure it's because you failed forward a lot in this area of your life. And I'd like to ask you the big question. You've got your amazing wife on tonight. Like, Uh I'd love to go into some failures around relationship. Like what are some of the, 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 what is, what is failures talk? Like you were in New York last year, beautiful family photos. Like, was that because of failure that you took your family overseas? Like what has failure done for your connection in your relationship, that sort of stuff? Because you guys, how long, you've only been here 20 years, 20, 20, yeah, 20 years now. And you still, you really love and like your wife. Like you, you, I know, I know, right? Like, but, and I don't say that lightly because um, couples fall in their love and in their like and all that sort of stuff. But you genuinely have a deep love um, for your wife and your family. Like, like what, is, what has failure done for your relationship and your personal life and things like that? Well, it's, it's, it's really hit us on all spectrums, I, I believe. And that's a really great question. And, uh, you know, I hope I can do it justice. I can tell you it's, it's dragged us across the rocks uh, at times. It hasn't always been good. Uh, you know, like uh, overall it's been, you know, our, our bad is probably better than a lot of people's regular, you know what I mean? But yeah, there have been times where I'm, I'm like, I guess I'm super grateful that she could put up with me because I haven't been always easy to put up with. So the fact that she's stuck with me through thick and thin and honored our vows that we made, all those years ago i think that's a testament to who she is more than anything else like uh, you know we you know we've we've been through you know failure <laughs> you know it was tough to 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 break all those promises i made to her about being wealthy when i thought i couldn't get it back so that that was it so i guess i was made i guess america was making up for lost time because you know i like i even made a promise early on like an idiot that I'd read like I like we'd go over to Paris on our tenth anniversary and like have a proper honeymoon and we never did. I couldn't. I didn't even keep that promise. And I'm you got to understand like values wise, being a man of my word and keeping my promises is like literally. It's the one that I'd rather I'd rather nearly die than break my word. You know what I mean? So like I guess 
guess that's so going to America was like paying. Yeah. Getting the experience that I, that I wanted my kids to have and the family to have. And yeah, I guess that's what it did. And if I didn't have that failure, I'd still be working in the supermarkets like an idiot promising that. Hey, you'd probably be divorced. Maybe, maybe like it was tough. I was on the road. Like people just know the story about the supermarkets, but I was running other businesses as well. And I was on the road five, six days a week. I don't know how I even fluked seeing two of my kids get born. And that's not funny. Like that's, that's not funny at all. Like imagining your wife going through labor on her own, hoping that my mum would be around to, to stand in for me. Like how that was ever all right in my brain. will never, will never, you know, I hope my kids grow up better than that. I guess that's, that's my why, mate. I want my kids to grow up as conscious men that respect women that don't tolerate bullying. You know, like I want them to become the person that I wished I could have always been all along. And I like, that's, that's it. And that's up to them if they do that. I, but I've got to light the way to show them the path the best I can. And Holy crap. Have I stuffed up being a dad so many times as well? Like there's, it's, it's you- insane. Would you say that you've become the dad that you want? I know that obviously there's no perfect picture, but would you say that each and every day you're more that person each and every day? I'm the dad I wanted to have. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a good, I, I, I met my dad when I was 35. Um, my grandfather was my father figure and he was a pretty, like, I, I'm so grateful for the traits I've got from him. I'm strong. I don't take shit. I'll, I'm competitive. I'm, I believe I'll always be successful because of the traits he's got, but holy crap, I'm so lucky. Like, get this, guys. And I'm not trash talking because I'm super grateful for him as well. And, uh, but there was a time where I wasn't so happy with him. <laughs> and I, got, I started doing, going on the road with him a lot. And I'd stop in at his business partner for 50 years. And what he did is he, he, he pulled one of my friends aside when he saw me spending a lot of time with my grandfather. And he said, Hey, I see Joel spending a lot of time with you, with his grandfather. How's Joel going? And that person said, don't worry. He's nothing like him. And he goes, Oh my God, thank Christ. The world couldn't stand another one of him. He was like that. That's a business partner of 50 years attitude towards this guy. Like he was, and I, you know, I wasn't there when he was brought up like going through the thirties, facing like being a newspaper baron like who am i to judge what he went through and how he became that way and you know what ultimately i was only saying this to my son today ultimately that guy lived the life the way he wanted to live it and isn't that winning just because from my perspective or other people's perspective he doesn't i don't agree with it like would it be better not to be a total prick while you're doing it <laughs> probably yeah my he lived the life he wanted so my grandfather was so generous to, he, he was, um, he had the third Toyota dealership or third Toyota franchise in Australia back in the fifties. And they've gone on to multiple car yards. Like he'd get bored and buy a house. Um, and he owned a sandstone mine and like all these different ventures. He was just a, a brilliant businessman, heavy drinker, abusive, um, never except really accepted us into the family because we come from a very young age blended family did at times um very judgmental uh, very um 
a very hard man. And I'm grateful for my dad, who's my stepdad ultimately, because he is the opposite. All right, it doesn't lead with fear, talks to people very well. So I've like the gifts of his values as a man has allowed his his my dad to be an absolute gem of a human. Um and I've had some an amazing relationship. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't change him, I wouldn't change my stepfather, I wouldn't change the fact that I only saw my biological father the first time really in my twenties and that he's gone. Um, so like the, just the more that I hear your story, the more I'm like, <laughs> like, no one, you're saying like, I get you, I get you, I get you. And I didn't realize that how many synchronicities, if you want to keep using that word, there was around it. But you know what, like, especially in the coaching and things like that, like I might've, um, I might've identified a lot of negativity, but because of that negativity, I'd still move forward because of that failure. I'd still move forward. Even pre-growth, I'd still, I might've been moving from house to house and I might have lost my oldest daughter, uh, just a shitty relationship and bad breakup and that sort of stuff. But you know what? I went and I lost 30 kilos in 12 weeks. I went and built a um, multi-six-figure PT studio, even though I lost that uh, when I decided to, it was a good idea to have an affair with my wife um, and lost everything, got locked out of my house. I don't access my kids, but I'm still, we've, we've created this coaching business and this legacy we're adding to it because of the failure. Well, I'm not proud of any of that. Like, no way am I proud of that. But one thing I teach my clients when they come in with a shitty story, and I don't know if you do this as well, I always tell them that now that you shared that with me, only ever share it when you're ready to inspire and impact people. Yep. And you've given me some stories that you don't often share, which I'm really grateful for. I'm not going to, they're your stories to share. But um, whenever you feel I need inspiration, you'll, you'll do the same thing. So I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, well, you know what? We can be the last link in the chain of the the BS. You know, we, you know, the, anyone on this call tonight, and anyone out there who puts their mind to it and just decides to continue to move forward, you can draw a line in the sand. And like, if there was, a, you know, poverty in your family, you can be the first rich one. If there was like abuse in your family or alcoholism or whatever, you can literally draw the line in the sand and 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 be the first. You can, you can become, you'll be the grandfather one day or the grandmother that they're all looking up. And what do you want them to say about you? You know, the success of a man isn't, doesn't come from how much money's in his bank account. It's about what his kids and his partner say about him when he's not around. That's winning for me. Anyway, that's my definition of winning. Like I want my kids to welcome me in the door. Daddy, not, oh, that prick, <laughs> you know, cause that's what I got brought up with. And I didn't want that. I'm like, holy crap. Imagine that. Because I saw this guy who had like tens and like tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars, like multi mega millionaire. And he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He could have had his family around him. He could have had what's important. He didn't get the lesson I got. So think about it. There was nowhere in his life where it all got shafted from him. It did but he didn't get the lesson. He didn't realize, he didn't take stock of what he still had. When he had no money, who was there? And that's, I'm glad I got that lesson. I'm super grateful for that because you know what? If I didn't get it, I'd make my money back and I'd get smashed again because the universe is funny like that, isn't it? (laughs) I I love it. Like um, when when we started working together, you were just sort of, you'd just gone back into it and you were ready to really scale and and do that. And um, 
and I could tell you you were imperfect about your action because you're like, well, here's my $30,000 program that you haven't designed and now I'm going to sell it to you. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'll do. Where do I sign? And it was imperfect. And this is where, and this is why you're really pushing us to get our coaching stuff out there because um, we are so imperfect. Like Mel, if, if Mel could probably share some of the stuff that like, how do we do this? Where do I go now? Can we build this? How do we become our own practitioners? Do it, can I, and it might take us two, three times as long um, to get where we need to go. But you know what? We always get there. We do. We always get there. Um, and uh, I don't know, like when you're inspired and you're aligned, you, you never go without. You never, ever go without. You're right. And people are going to buy your energy and think about it. Who, who here like has a really great bullshit meter? Like, am I the only one? Like <laughs> when you know someone's full of it. So like who, who, when they see, you know, the coaches or network marketers or whatever that are just doing the pretty banner, doing the business cards, doing the six week program. They're just fresh out of their course. Like, and I'm not bagging out anyone really, but I guess I am, but they're, if they just said that, hey, I'm fresh out of my five-week course and you're my first clients, um, I'd love to work with you. Rather than, you know, basically doing the shot near the Lambo and going and getting a loan for 10 grand and putting it on the bed or whatever the freaking hell they do, like, that's not entrepreneurialism, by the way. I never got the jet and the Lambo, <laughs> you know, and that's just so fake. And like, get this, like, I've built a, you know, a very successful coaching business. I'm never hungry for clients and I don't have a business card. I don't have a website. I don't like, I get it from word of mouth most of the time. And you know, I've, and I look at these, some of these other coaches out there that just don't get it. Like people are attracted to the hero story. You know, you think about, think about this. Most people either do this. There's two, there's four parts to a hero story, right? There's the, learning then the real learning and then how you got out of it you got to tell that most people either come out and go they only tell the i'm super awesome i've got super coaching powers from nlp or i'm super laptop lifestyle they only tell that bit no one wants to hear that think about this whenever you're speaking there's only two things people are saying they're either saying me too or so what you want them to say me too and how do you do that got to share a bit of pain right so you got to share your story you know, so I like I fluked this by my story, right? But I would in my story, if you hear like um, I say I like I, I was a successful entrepreneur, and then it all went away, and I didn't have the money, but I found a way to buy my ticket to go to Tony Robbins. I've just knocked out your money objection in a story because you just you're seeing this story through your eyes. You, you know, you're getting it. Like this is a sales how to sell right but you're seeing this through your eyes and i'm asking you can you relate to it now we got relating to it we got an amazing woman on here tonight um aka narell this woman amazing woman single mum of three um i got an autistic son and going to coach parents around working with autistic kids and things like that but um she couldn't afford 18 dollars a week when I started now a year later, she's invested heavily 
she's invested so heavily in her growth. She's about, she's heading towards becoming a full-time coach. Like couldn't afford $18 a week. And then two months later, she's at a retreat. And then two months later, she's like, I want to be one of your first coaches through. Like, and give you a big wave, Narelle, because I always share your story from an inspired space because it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like, um, did you really connect with some of that stuff, Narelle? Yes or no? Yep. Yeah. So I really hope you guys are getting some um, are getting some some gold out of this. Like, and if you've got any questions, please put them in the comments or unmute, um, because uh, like, what you see is what you get with Joel. I've actually never been in his presence before. We we do it all, but he gives the same consistent um, message every single time. The reason I work with him is because he's very 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 humble, and I tend to really want to attract. Um, that into my corner because I can get really rigid and really let's go off and blow shit up and make shit up and like go off and I get it, I get distracted by shiny lights. So like um, I, I really hope you guys have got some of the gold and especially like he, he's got Grand Cardone behind him. He's the number one sales guy in the world. So I, list, I heard some frames and you could say who here and all that sort of stuff. So like he's um, even in how he's presenting in this podcast, like he's overcoming objections left, right, and center. Um, would you agree with that, mate? Yeah, it is. Your story, no one can argue with your story. Think about it. If I say um, you need to buy this coaching straight away, even if you know you need to buy it, you've, you've, you're pulling back and hang on a minute. But if I tell a story about how using this coaching got me what I wanted, you've identified with it. And you're like, like no, no kidding. Most people, when I tell that story and I'm on a sales call and I like, I'm, you know, I'm interested in them. I don't care about, you know, the stories to, to help them feel like they can do it too. That's the real purpose of it. And, you know, most of them go, okay, well, yeah, I'm in. And I've never even brought up money. Not once. And they just go, I'm in. And I say, okay, so what's next? And it's actually caught me off guard heaps of times because sometimes I haven't even thought about what the money was. You know, especially when I'm doing my first like price increase where you, you sort of kind of learn to take a different kind of clientele and you put your prices right up because you get people that get on the phone for half an hour when they've got an entire hour and they actually get off and do stuff. Like I'm, like, I'm not kidding, Trent, just to give you an idea of like, he's, he's probably, you might not see this side of it, but he, I literally stopped Zoom and he's on a live implementing what, we've discussed when I said to read a book, he's read it in a day, like straight away. He just gets it. He's like, you know, and that's, you know, speed <laughs> adding time to a decision or to, to something to working on your business is never the right thing. Speed is, you know, success loves speed. So you need to, you need to go for it. And I know that's cliche, but it's the truth because you humans are used to working with their backs to the wall. You think if I dropped you in the middle of the, um, you know, the desert, you'd start finding a way to get out. Right. Or in the, you know, if you're bare grills in it, you'd find a way and you would do things that you didn't know you could do because you need, it. or if your kid was sick and the only way you could create a cure for them was to go earn a million dollars. Let's just say that was something how many people could go get a million dollars if it was going to save a loved one's life this week? Let's be real. So why won't you do it for yourself? 
if you can do it, you've just admitted you can do it. Why aren't you doing it for yourself? Because people will do more for other people than they'll do for themselves, right? So yeah, if you guys got questions, hit me up. Yeah, when you when you uh, when you the biggest mistake new coaches make, and I've got a couple of guys who are coming into our round three uh, course in May, um, and um, they've just come out of other courses and they're not really doing anything with what they've learned, and the couple of people that they're working with, they're like. Oh, I screwed it up. I stuffed it up. I did this. I did this. Maybe I'm no good. I'm like, it's not about you, champ. It's not about you. I said, it doesn't matter. It's just not about you. And it took me years to jump out of that egoic energy. It took me a long time not to make it about me. Um, and, and because breakthrough coaching, when you learn it and you become really good at it, it can be like, whoa, I can pop anything. I, I, I'm really good at this thing. I'm, and I used to be like Muhammad Ali. Anyone that watched my earlier lives, Joel, you've got to go back and watch some of these. I'm like, I'm the greatest coach in the history of coaches. I'll coach Tony Robbins on that good. And like, I was just doing free breakthrough calls and like fumbling my way through. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to tell everyone I'm the greatest until I am. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're, not, if you're not shooting for number one, why are you even doing it? Yeah. And you are the number one coach for the person that's sitting in front of you. If you weren't, they'd be in front of someone else. Boom. Did you hear that team? Yeah, Robbie, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, so Tiandra's like clapping. That's awesome. So mate, um, uh, I've got one last thing here for you. Sweet. Right. How would like, with failure, right, with failure, okay, what's for you, like, how would you define failure? Like, give me some sort of wrap it up. Like, failure. Like, what? Like, give me something. Give the give the listeners something about failure. Like, if you were to look back and surmise around failure, like, what? What? What would you tell people? Look, you don't like it's it's cliche. It's not anything new. You're not you. Failure for me is quitting. And that's like the French. Excusing the French again. It's being a little bitch. So just get off your ass and get back up. And, and keep going. So surmising failure for me is just quitting because what I did, see, you, you're probably learning this, right? The, the, your mind, your, your subconscious will do, and your brain will do anything it can do to avoid pain and negativity. So that's why motivation doesn't work. <laughs> motivation sucks because you run out of motivation. So if you don't attach positivity to what it is that you're doing eventually your motivation is going to run out and you're going to find a story why you don't have to do it so like where i'm going with this is if you attach positivity to failure and how i did it was i love learning so every time i fail i don't feel like i failed i'm like yes i'm just about to learn some shit and that's why I'm attracted to falling forward. I was, guys, I was crippled by it until I had that freaking moment in the, at the tip where I was like, all bets are off. I'm at negative $400,000 with barely any income. I got to roll this dice and failure can, I can worry about failure later. I've just got to get to it. So failure, failure is quitting. And there's a reason why every call i do with trent basically and i don't even need to ask it because he just tells me now i ask what was great about the what was great about the last week 
what am I doing? I'm attaching positivity to him getting on the phone with me. Do I want him to keep getting on the phone to me as a coach? Yes, I do. Because shit's going to be tough. But I'm not asking how was last week because that opens it up to story. Ask what was great about this? The next step I ask is how can you make it better? I don't have to ask it anymore. He just does it. You know, and that gives me some action steps for him to, he's already coached himself in the first five minutes of the call. He's found out what was great about it. How can he make it better? So my business has grown. Well, how can you make it better? Well, I can do this, this, and this, and this. Okay, let's work on that. Even if the Zoom finishes then, he can, he can go off and kick ass. And then I ask by what percentage did you improve by? Now think about this. Over 360 four and a half quarter days or whatever it is, if you can improve 1% and it's compounding, so even if it's linear, it's 360% better. Who wants 360% more income than they're earning right now? The people that put, you, know, you know, there's only two kinds of people on the planet, people who want more income and people that need more income. So if you didn't put your hand up, <laughs> you know, come on. So, so that's it. So, I attach positivity to, to failure. And I guess the clichéest of all questions that anyone could ask, and I'll ask it of myself, is like, if you could go back and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you teach him? And I'd say, dude, make more mistakes earlier and faster. Because if I knew that, instead of wasting 15 years of my adult life being petrified of mistakes, I'd probably be worth $100 million. And that's it. That's it. So attach positivity to whatever it is you're doing. If you have a really bad sales call or you completely stuff up a breakthrough with someone, ask you celebrate. What's great about this? How can I make it better? By what percentage did I improve by? And you know what? When like I've had events where I went to Melbourne and this whole coronavirus thing happened and you know, people were just pulling out. I went all the way to Melbourne expecting 50 people. I got three. What was great about this? Well, I got three people and they all signed up to my next level. How can I make it better? Well, maybe I need to get better at marketing. Maybe I didn't send my message out great enough to show people the urgency of why they needed to be at my event to change their bloody life. And by what percentage did I improve? I'm like, well, hey, I had a ball. I got to practice my material and I nailed it. So, yeah, 100% for me that day. I was being generous. And three from three, bro. Three from three. Yeah, we had an event like that. At, um, if it wasn't for Leon, who brought his whole family along, I would have had two in the room, but we ended up getting to about eight or nine. Um, and that was probably my best workshop because we just freestyled it. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, me too. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Like, and um, I think Leon was there. Like, we were, even after the event, we were all sitting around talking and yah- yahooing and, um, and having a laugh and things like that. And, and, and Leon... I hope you don't mind me sharing, but anyway, like he doesn't spend a lot of time with his family and, and we were outside with it. You got to see your family in a different light from what I can remember, mate, which was awesome. Why you got your mute here, mate? Share your question with Joel. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you got any tips on how to be consistent with the 1%, the daily, the chore, the routine or whatever you, whatever you want to call it, because I'm all or nothing and um, peak and drop instead of doing the thing that I need to do consistently whether it's journaling meditation exercise or anything i sort of sabotage with it yeah 
Great question, mate. And I'll tell you the easiest way <coughs> is to go to 75hard.com. Go to the 75 hard. I'm serious, man. If you are serious about your success, you'll go do it. If you're yeah. not, that's it. You will have a, you know, there's just no exception. You're in all, same, so am I. But there's no, like I don't drink alcohol because one's too many and 20 is not enough. You know what I mean? Oh, I know there's going to be a night where I go too far on a Friday night and I'm like, I don't act like an idiot. Yeah. And I waste the next day. Like, why, <clears throat> why are you even doing that? It's, it's, it's either getting you close to your goals or further away. Oh, so it's just a comfort zone thing hard, too. I think it's like a comfort thing as well as just um, probably a bit of laziness and just being, you know, yeah, wanting to spend, using excuses to spend time with family, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's, um, and, and the 75 hard, as soon as you even said that, I think straight away I've never done anything straight for that many days, even if it was something small. Yeah, it's 75 days out of tens of thousands of days in your life. And you can't, if you can't commit that far, mm. you know, like think about this. Imagine you've got all these souls, you know, think about you're at a, at, at a theme park at Disneyland and you're the, you're the coach and you're the ride. And there's mm. this big lineup of souls here because as coaches, we're responsible for people's souls. Do you get that? For you sure. understand that? For sure. So if you, so that the attendants are there looking to see if it's safe to let people onto the roller coaster with you. Yeah. Yeah. If it, if you don't pass a safety check, which is consistency for you, if you don't shop for yourself like that, how is the universe going to trust you to shop for them? Mm. It so might you be must, a self-worth thing or something. Or a must do it. And I want to tell you something, guys, if you guys don't get out there and build a coaching business, because who believes they're being called to do this? Who, who, if you don't, if you do not hold yourself to a higher standard now, you don't get to be a normal person anymore. You must hold yourself to a higher standard. We've because actually, they don't get. We, we've actually changed our approach in the last twenty-four hours off the basis of our call because I've, I've basically throat punched the entire coaching community and said, "You guys are not playing all in. Do more." Yeah. So. I've been making my way around to everyone yeah. coming up with new new ways that we're going to do this together to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, uh, guys. Like, if you if you are seen out doing something, like, let's just say, I'm not saying you would do this, but if you're out at the pub drinking and one of your clients sees you and they think, because clients will do what you do, not what you say, and they go out and they hurt themselves, who owes that karma, them or you? What about the fact that you could have built a coaching business and because you're a chicken shit or you didn't do what you needed to do and you weren't consistent for you, Leon, I guess, yeah, yeah. that people fell through the cracks because that happened to me. I got warned about this by Kirik Ashley. He said, people will fall through the cracks if you don't step up. And he used to bag me for being humble. He's like, I know you're Mr. Humble guy, but you've actually got to have this other side. You know, you've got to have a bit of ego. Yeah, that's been my biggest problem, actually, to be honest, is that I don't want to be seen by anybody as kind of real hyped up and my own, own shit. It's just, just don't want to be that guy. Okay. Let me tell you about uh, ego and uh, being being um, humble. Mm. Think about it like a tank, a fuel tank. You know, you've got both sides. If you aren't humble, 
you'll never learn anything. You cannot be a leader without being humble because you won't listen to anyone. So you need to be humble. But if you don't have a bit of ego and I'm not saying ego, like, you know, get all these people bagging it out. I'm not saying that kind of ego, but if you can't stand up and be a bit alpha, no one will listen to you. Yeah. Trent's pretty alpha, right? He can get pretty alpha, right? That's why people listen to him because people need direction and certainty. Yeah. yeah. So if you're at the back of the room, no one's going to hear you. You could be the best coach on the planet with the best skills. If you're not loud enough, who's going to hear you, man? So you mm-hmm. must be consistent and you got to get outside your comfort zone. I hate it. Dude, I'm an introvert. I could do this lockdown shit for the next 30 years. I don't even care. <laughs> but sometimes I've got to step up and get to the front of the room because if I don't, when I teach people about money, and they don't get what they can create over 25 years just by saving 10% or whatever I'm teaching, that person's family, I haven't broken, given them the opportunity to break the cycle of poverty that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And I believe that karma's on me. So it's mm. on you now, dude. Now that you know, you know. So yeah. <laughs> better yeah. than 75 hard. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Very good. Thanks, BLC. Um, what do you got, Mel? What have I got? Oh, I just, my little question that I ask myself if I get into those moments where I just want to step into my comfort zone is who do I want to inspire the most in my life? Now, for me, you know, I'm breaking generational chains with three daughters, single mum, and yeah, just breaking so much shit, so, so much shit. So they're, they're the three. If I inspire no one else in my lifetime, if I inspire those three girls to step up and create what I can create, then I've nailed it. So I always check in and go, who is it that I want to inspire the most? And what is it that I need to do that? Because that always resonates with me. People will do as you do, not what you say. So you got to just step up and just own it, own your gift, own your genius, own the fact that, you know, you've invested, you were called to do this. You've invested your time. You've invested your energy. You're around a community that supports you and wants to see you win and succeed. So just own that and stop fearing so much about what people think of you. They're playing small. I tell you what, Joel, I wish you had have uh, met Mel when I met her, <laughs> but like, but I just, Mel, so you figure it out. You remember when I remember we had that conversation a while back where I'm like, oh, we'll just, and then all of a sudden I rang you like an hour, a couple of hours later and I said, I'm going to give you more, dude. Like, I got to give you so much more. It's on you. Let's increase everything. Let's raise everything. Like, let's do more. That was after a phone call with Joel. So, like, yeah, and, and like, I get that. And then I get the whole, oh, fuck. Oh, oh I probably shouldn't say that. But anyway, I'm like, oh, shit. I've got to. <laughs> I've got to step up and I've got to do this now because, you know, this person believes in me and I believe in myself as much as what he believes in me. And you got to, you got to nail that, that ego side of you that wants to say, no, you can't do that. Oh, it's too hard. Like you just got to smash them in the face and say, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Like I know that I can do this and I will figure it out whichever way I have to do. Now, sometimes for me, that means I need to take a break because, yeah, you know, like I do have a lot going on. Sometimes it means I need to take a day, 24 hours, 48 hours to go what I call within, you know, to clear my head, to clear the distractions, to clear that stuff. 
and then that's where I find my answers and I find my own guidance and I find my own way in being able to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? What needs to change? What needs to go? Yep. hundred percent. And you do it very well. And you're not afraid to tell me when you need time off, even though I know you want to show up. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, Joe, I think what we need to do now, mate, before we close is I want you to tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you like me, no website, although we are, but we are building Kajabi as we speak, as we've discussed, but on the back of your advice, we've had a good look and we're going Kajabi. So um, we're going to be one of those coaches with a website. So uh, I hope we can keep working together, but I will never, ever be a card fucker. Take my card, take my card, take my card. <laughs> All right. I won't ever be that because um, everything's done through Facebook or, or phone. Like it's, it's too easy to contact otherwise, but like, where do we find you? Where do we find Joel? Like tell me, I know you got a, you got a podcast. Like let's, let's share it. Where, where do we get you? Okay. We've got a podcast that you can find on, all the podcast sites it's called boss talks and it's where a friend of mine and like Christine and I just, yeah, go whatever we've been witnessing through the week and how we're handling it. It's all about stories about how we've actually overcome stuff ourselves and how, or how we've helped clients and, and friends and you know, all that sort of stuff. So boss talks, so you can search for it there. It's on YouTube. Drama. She's awesome. Drama. Isn't she? Oh, look, I, I owe that woman a lot. Like she's, She's actually helped, like she just gave me the mic basically one night and kicked me out on stage mm -hmm. and said, work it out. And I was like, holy shit. So I was like, I was running events before I even knew I was running an event. And then well, that's, yeah, got, that's exact. She's exactly how she said, bring dog. Um, and she's the only reason I'm with Jess is because of Christine after we went through some trouble. So Drummo, yeah. and she's such a, uh, give Drummo a big rap here, but she's such a, um, <laughs> She's very selfless about her approach. She's, she is a, a really generous human. It's crazy. Almost too much. Like, I, I think, you know, like, if, if that could be such a thing. But see, so there's that. And then I'm just like, I got Joel Lord coaching and training. It's like, I'm not, I don't really do that much on it. But just follow me on Facebook. Like, that's the best place to find me. Just Joel Lord. Uh, and I'm pretty easy to find. I'm friends with Trent. So... Uh, you'll see who, who I am and just follow me if you want to. And if you don't, that's okay. Cool too. And that's where you find me. I, I always answer back. Uh, so I don't have a PA doing it for me. So it's actually me. Uh, and cause that's the way I run my business. So yeah, that's it. That's you where you get find one me. of those, mate. You need to get one of those PAs. They are phenomenal. They are great. <laughs> they, are. they are. They really are great. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, man, I just, I, thank you thank you very much i kind of i didn't really ask i said you're up you're on and i'm like i i was probably a bit rude and forward about i thought oh, screw it but anyway you're here tonight which i'm really grateful for i was super excited about this um i think people i think the message of this is that the, the only way you fail is if you leave the planet like or quit like the, there is no failure um it's all an illusion uh, as um Eckhart Tolle says it's all an illusion. So, like, it's not even real, okay? And that's like a lot of these labels. I tell people, go get me a bucket of anxiety and depression. And, like, they're like, oh, it's not even real. Uh, and, and and getting clear around certain parts of, of who you are, having greater mission, greater than yourself, um, understanding core fundamental values, um, getting clear on your self-talk, knowing your little bitch voice, um, using it to your advantage. And the only way to really define your limitations is to go beyond them 
and um, that's something that a former mentor uh, taught of me uh, taught me very early on in my days, and it's very very true. So that's it for tonight, Mel. What did you think? That was like I think I've talked less in that podcast than I have in all of them to date, and that everyone's like, "This is cool." Someone else is talking. So Joel, what do you think? What do you think, uh, Mel? Yes, awesome value add. Thank you so much, Joel. There's so much gold in there, and. Uh, you know, it's something I share with so many of my clients. It's like if you ever feel like you don't know where you're going and you're going to give up, just get in a room, get in a room around people that are inspiring and will share the story. And, you know, literally within 30 minutes, someone will share some piece of gold that reminds you why you started in the first place. Because it's, um, you know, it's a journey. It's a journey. And for some people as a coach, the journey is quick and, you know, they, they do, they succeed really quite quickly. But the reality is for some coaches, it's not that quick. You know, there's, there's things that they've got to go through. There's failures that they've got to make, especially if they haven't really been doing much in life and learning how to fail and keep going and get back up and find the right people to support them. So the quicker you can fail, the quicker you can mess it up, the quicker you're going to get to where you want to go. So thank you so much. It was, um, yeah really amazing to have you on so thank you awesome so next wednesday team we've got and i met this person through joel I'm very grateful and that part of our planning and scheming to take over the world we've got david morrison i'm pretty sure is coming on next week or the next week or two just waiting to hear back from him and we are talking about as a man how to get back into intimacy with your partner and the anxiety that it brings up. So we're going to be talking about intimacy in your relationship from a man's perception. He's a, he's a great inspiration inside of uh, his group around dads, inspiring men, and he is one of the leaders in this country in men empowerment. Um, and uh, I'm super excited to get him on, and that'll be another one where I'm, like, writing notes, writing notes. Like, I've, I've got a page <laughs> of notes here <laughs> um, as well. So, like, um, uh, I get just as much out of this as you guys. So... Um, Joel, thank you very much for coming on and giving us your time, mate. Mel, thank you. We survived another podcast. We're doing okay. Yes. I just realised um, halfway through that I'm you, but it's because I didn't log out this morning after using your Zoom. It's all good. So, You're a better-looking person than me, I can tell you. <laughs> like, why am I tread? I've totally figured it out now. So I remember to log out when I, was, when I leave the meeting. It's all good. <laughs> All right. So also, team, if you're listening to this in the month of April, we've got the 5am club. It's free. It's over at Team Resilience Group and it's led by the amazing Mel because I am much too cranky until I've had my cold shower <laughs> at 5am and I'm way too loud for my family. So it is led by Mel. But the 5am club in April, we've got some great group programs being launched with some legendaries. We've got some awesome collabor collaboration coming up around money, around rural resilience, um, and also to just a lot of stuff around human behavior coming up. We've got our evolutionary breakthrough master coaching certification round three starting at the start of, um, of May. So we, we've certainly put that we're certain we're not worried about COVID-19 it's business as usual. And, um, we absolutely love every single day. So on that yeah. note, thank you, Mel. We're out. No, no worries.